Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football game over the next week from a betting perspective. But before we get into any of that, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Better Maria podcast. Before we on a break, we discuss the plan for the show. Once again, talking about the Niners' upcoming Week 6 game against the Cleveland Browns from a betting perspective. But before we get into any of that, I do want to recap how we did and how the Niners did in Week 5. We ended up splitting our picks, but the Niners did really well. The Niners ended up beating the Cowboys by a score of 42-10. to 10. It was an absolute destruction on Sunday Night Football. As for us, we did have the Niners minus the points in the spread. However, did like the under in the game. That didn't get there. The Niners defense was able to shut down the Cowboys, but the Cowboys defense did nothing in the entire game. So the Niners basically brought the game over by themselves, but they did cover the spread. So it could be worse, but the Niners are still undefeated. They are 5-0, and and you're looking at the division standings. They are currently at a game and a half ahead of Seattle. Seattle had a bye last week. So the point is they've opened up some breathing room between them and the second place team. But for the sake of the recap of the game itself, I got to figure out where to start. I guess we'll start off with the offense because Brock Purdy was definitely the story offensively as he was incredible. Went 17 of 24 for 252 yards and he had four touchdown passes. So he was great. Uh, He had no interceptions too. QBR of 83.5. He was very, very good for the ground game. McCaffrey McCaffrey really didn't do much. He extended the touchdown streak because he ended up having a touchdown early on, but he had 19 carries, 51 yards. Jordan Mason came in in the second half and played well. 10 carries, 69 yards, and one touchdown. And that was basically it. Debo did have 30 yards on five carries, but the Niners' rushing attack was fine. 170 yards, two touchdowns. 4.1 yards per carry, but the passing a game was definitely the story of this matchup. And I said before, Purdy did have four touchdown passes. Three of them were to one guy. Three of them were to George Kittle, and Kittle actually only had three receptions in the entire game. So every time Kittle caught a pass, he was in the end zone. And to go through the yards here, Kittle at 67 yards. Ayuk had four catches for 58. You saw Samuel with three catches for 55. And McCaffrey had two catches for 27. Juicecheck also had the other touchdown as he ended up having 26 yards and a touchdown. So the passing game was once again the story of this game for the Niners. I didn't mention, by the way, McCaffrey did lose a fumble in the red zone as well. So he was close to scoring again, but he ended up fumbling early on. Either way, the point is the Niners were dominant. They really just uh, took the game by, 
I'd say by storm because they open up uh, the drive, the game with an immediate touchdown drive. And you're looking at the Cowboys who had one good drive in the entire game. And that was the touchdown of Turpin. But besides that one drive, the Niners were dominant defensively as well. And I'll get into that right now. So the Niners ended up sacking Dak three times. They also ended up sacking Cooper Rush once. So four sacks in total. They were able to force three interceptions and on top of that, Tony Pollard lost the fumble. So the Niners were, once again, just absolutely swarming defensively. As for Dak's numbers, 14 of 24 for 151, uh, 153 yards, one touchdown, three picks, and he was sacked three times, QBR of 46.2, and he was benched midway through the game. Now, as for the rushing attack for Dallas, the, uh, really nothing was able to be done on the ground. Dallas had 19 carries, 57 yards, three yards a carry, no touchdowns for the receiving core. You saw C.D. Lamb have 49 yards, which led the entire team. Powered at 35, Ferguson at 28. Turpin had the one catch for 26 yards and a touchdown, and Gallup did have two catches for 15 yards. Nobody did anything, so the Cowboys offense was once again stuck in quicksand the entire game. And besides that, uh, to go through the sacks here, Fred Warner did have a sack. Greenlaw had a sack. Bosa had half a sack. Givens had a sack and a fumble recovery on different plays. And you also saw Armstead, who ended up having half a sack. And to go through the actual fumble recovery, I said a second ago, Givens was able to recover the powered fumble, and that helped set up a good opportunity for the Niners to score. I don't believe they did on that drive. I think that actually was the McCaffrey fumble drive. But the point is, the defense was great, and you got to see a really just dominant effort from the entire defense, and hopefully that carries over into this matchup. But uh, once again, the Niners are going to uh, play a game in which they are favored in because the Niners are going to be favored against basically everybody because they're the best team in the league, and they are a decent favorite. Now, Cleveland last week did not play. They did have a bye, so I guess if I want to recap anything involving Cleveland, it would have to be the game before the bye, but then again, I'm not sure if that really means much. You saw Cleveland get buried by Baltimore 28-3. to Watson didn't play. They used uh, a, a new quarterback as ended up using the UCLA, former UCLA quarterback, Thompson Robinson, and he was absolutely terrible. Uh, went 19 of 36 for 121 yards, three picks, sacked four times. Cleveland didn't score a touchdown, but once again, when you use a last-second, late-round rookie quarterback as your option early in the season, you're going to lose a lot of those games, and they did. So I can't really read much into that loss. However... What I can tell you is that based on the injury report, there is a decent chance Deshaun Watson is not going to play again. And if he doesn't, Tom Thompson Robinson will not be the quarterback in this matchup. Instead, it's probably going to be P.J. Walker. You might remember from Carolina. But to go through the injury report here for the Niners and for the Browns, the Niners don't have any serious injuries at the moment. You're looking at a couple of players who have not really practiced yet this week. Greenlaw, who has been resting mostly. Of course, we saw him last week against Dallas, and he was pretty solid. Kittle as well, which means nothing. He had three touchdowns last week. Mitchell, uh, who ended up missing last game with a knee injury, but you haven't really noticed it because he's a backup running back, and you saw Mason look pretty good. And you saw Trent Williams, who is also resting. So once again, the Niners are basically healthy. As for Cleveland, they have a lot more injuries as they are currently waiting on the status of Joel Batonio, who's their starting guard with a knee injury. Amari Cooper was resting, so he'll be fine. Miles Garrett was not practicing with a foot injury. 
Uh, Ninjoku was also not practicing with the burns he suffered to his hand and his face. And Deshaun Watson is currently not practicing with a shoulder injury. Not a good look for Cleveland, but the point is the offense might be in shambles if you end up seeing uh, the missing one of their starting guards and if Watson can't go. P.J. Walker ended up playing a little bit in his career uh, once the Darnold situation didn't really work out in Carolina. But if you want to go through his career numbers, once again, he is objectively not a good quarterback. And I think he's going to struggle if he has to face off against the Niners in this matchup. But in his career, Walker has five touchdowns and 11 picks, so I'm not totally sold once again on the potential of Cleveland's offense with him behind center, but that also explains why the Niners are decent favorites on the road. Now, you can argue that the Niners might be in a pretty bad spot because, one, they're a West Coast team traveling east, but they also might be in a little bit, I don't want to say of a hangover mode, but they might be in a spot where they're looking down on their competition because they've won five straight games. They won one of the bigger games of the year when they ended up burying Dallas last week. Now you're traveling on the road to face off against Cleveland. It's a spot where maybe you can expect a letdown, but I do think once again, if Walker's behind center, it might not matter because Cleveland, we saw with a backup quarterback against Baltimore, Baltimore the week after lost to Kenny Pickett, so I don't think Baltimore is a very good football team. They're fine. They're probably going to make the playoffs, but they lost to Gardner Minshew and they lost to Kenny Pickett, and they still were able to bury Cleveland by 25. I think the Niners probably bury Cleveland if Walker's behind center. I don't think Watson's going to play personally. We'll see about Batonio and the other guys, but the point is the Niners are in pretty good shape as far as I'm concerned to get a sixth win to start the year. But to go through the actual betting odds for this matchup, you can see the Niners being favored by around eight and a half. It was a lot cheaper than that. It was about seven uh, yesterday, but then you had another day where Watson didn't practice and the news sounded worse for him. And then everyone realized, oh, PJ Walker's not any good. So we're going to bet the Niners and it moved up a point and a half. So the Niners are now at eight and a half. And as for the actual total, the number is very, very low. The Niners total is currently at around 37 for this game. It opened up at 41 and a half. So it's not a total shock, once again, that the total has dropped even more because Walker isn't really a threat through the air. And we know the Niners defense is elite. Plus, the wind is going to be a pretty serious story on Sunday. As you can see, roughly 17 mile per hour winds and maybe a little bit of rain. So that could also explain why people like the dog or why people like the under in the spot is because the passing game is going to be an afterthought and both teams will try to run the ball. Cleveland in general is a team that wants to run the ball anyway, even though they are without Nick Chubb in de- uh, for the rest of the year after he had that brutal injury against Pittsburgh. Ford's been okay in his relief, and they also got Kareem Hunt back. But the point is when you're looking at the ground games, I do think, of course, McCaffrey is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the entire league. And the Niners probably have an edge in that area, too. But Cleveland's defense is still solid with Miles Garrett, etc. But you might be expecting a pretty low-scoring game, but I am going to go with the Niners to get the job done. I'm not sure Cleveland scores a touchdown, so I do think, once again, the under is probably worth a look. And I do think the Niners will still find a way to score because Cleveland's defense is still not an amazing unit. It's pretty good. But if you want to actually look at who Cleveland faced off against so far this season, they really haven't played anybody. And that's why a lot of people were overrating Cleveland 
earlier this year. They beat the Bengals 24-3. We know how bad the Bengals looked for the first couple weeks of the season. They looked better last week against Arizona, but we saw how bad Burrow was with the injury early on, and Cleveland ended up winning that game. But Cincinnati was, I don't want to say a bottom feeder in week one, but they were definitely a an underwhelming team based on Burrow's health. Then they ended up lo- uh, losing to Pittsburgh in the Monday night game. Then they played Tennessee, one twenty-seven to 3 I don't think anyone's really scared of Tannehill and the Tennessee offense in general. Tennessee's not a great team. Then they also got buried by Baltimore. So once again, they haven't really played anybody. And now they're facing off against the best team in the league. It is a pretty sizable step up in competition. I think that's going to bode well for the Niners. I think P.J. Walker is going to struggle a lot. I don't mind his interception. I don't mind him potentially fumbling as well because I think that Bosa and company will really get after him with this banged-up offensive line that Cleveland has. So for me, I'm going to go with the Niners minus the 8.5, and I will go with the under in this game. I see a pretty similar story to the Baltimore game. I think you're going to end up seeing the Niners win this game somewhere in the realm of, I'd say, 20 four to 10, give or take. That's kind of the score that I have in my mind. I think the Niners offense will struggle because of the weather. So I don't exactly see many deep shots. I'm not saying Ayuk's going to be totally useless in this game because of it, but I think he will be somewhat neutralized since I don't know how many shots the Niners will actually take downfield. But Kittle's still a solid option. We saw how good he was last week. Debo, we know, is very difficult to guard. McCaffrey's still a lunatic, and Purdy's been really good as he's one of the favorites now to win MVP. I think Walker's bad in general, but with the bad weather, he should look even worse. The offensive line's not good. The ground game is okay. But I think when you're looking at Cleveland, this offense leaves a lot to be desired. And I think they're going to be outmatched here. Give me the Niners minus the eight and a half and give me the under 37 as my total play. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the week six NFL preview for the San Francisco Niners. And now for next week to go through the actual schedule, the Niners will be taking on, uh, I got to remember if this is their buy or not. It is not. They'll be taking on the Vikings on Monday Night Football. So we'll be back once again next week, talk about that Vikings game. But until then, find me on Twitter, find me at Rice Show Radio. And until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.